Hello, 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 my amigos, and welcome to the bonus part of today's FYI, where we're taking a look at serial killers. As I said in the beginning, we're sniffing out serial killers on today's show, and it was fascinating talking with someone who was there firsthand, de primera mano, and in this part of the show, we're going to hear from some of those crazy killers and, well, ones that did sound so crazy as well. So uh, we've got a lot of exciting stuff coming up in this part of the show. Let's start off with some tours. As I said, there is a morbid curiosity, and Francisco said it as well. People are obsessed with this idea of death and blood and gore, and, well, it's normal. It's the unknown. It's something we don't know about, so we're curious about it. Death is the only thing we can't go to and come back from, and, well, that's something that interests people. People. It fascinated artists and writers. Uh, I think of Jim Morrison. He was fascinated with death, and he said his fascination was that. He was curious to know what was beyond this world, and uh, that fascination with death. Now, there's a fascination with following in the footsteps, following in the footsteps of siguiendo los pasos. Uh, well, actually, this is be careful with this one, because following the footsteps of some is siguiendo sus pasos. Following in their footsteps means doing the same thing that they did. So let's clear that up. Don't follow in their footsteps because they're serial killers, but you can follow their footsteps uh, on many tours. And I don't know personally if I would do a tour like this because I think it's something that I don't know if I want to contribute money to it. I don't know. It's it's I guess it's more of a uh, a principle of mine, but uh but hey, it, obviously they're in business. They're making money these tours. So uh, they exist because people go. It's supply and demand, oferta y demanda. And in London you can walk the pavement or I should say stalk. Stalk is acechar the pavement of Whitehall, and that's where killers such as Jack the Ripper uh did his murderous killing spree. A spree is when you kill a lot of people at the same time, a killing spree. You'll hear this a lot when we talk about serial killers. So London, yeah, the famous footsteps of Jack the Ripper. And you can recount, or you, well, you won't recount it, but the guides who take you on these tours recount what went on. The grisly and gruesome details. Those are two good adjectives. Grisly and gruesome of Jack the Ripper. And, and the fascination with Jack the Ripper goes even deeper because Jack the Ripper was never caught. Uh, nobody ever caught him. They never ID'd him. Now, to catch espiar and to ID is to identify, but for short, we say ID. So he was never ID'd and he was never caught. Remember, pillados manos en la masa, I like this expression, is to be caught red-handed. Tiene sentido porque tienes sangre en las manos. And we're going to look at some great idiomatic expressions in a little bit. 
other examples of these morbid tours, these terror tours, uh, well, are in Los Angeles. You can take the Helter Skelter tour, which uh, shows the Manson family murders, where they took place, the Tate LaBianca house, and all that stuff. And we're going to hear just how crazy Charles Manson was. We're going to hear a, a soundbite of his in a little bit. Then you've got the True Crime Tour, which, say that five times fast. Cuando tenemos un trabalenguas en inglés, we say, say that five times fast. The True Crime Tour, which is in New Orleans. Uh, you've got the Cream City Cannibal Tour in Milwaukee. Hey, it seems like I'm not the only one who's a fan of alliteration. The Cream City Cannibal Tour. Yeah, that's a tour I won't be taking. Uh, you've also got the Murder, Scandal, and Vice Tour, which is in New York, which shows some mafia stuff. Again, this isn't my cup of tea. I am fascinated with organized crime and crime just like other people, but I don't feel like I would want to contribute any money to this. I'll read up on these people, you know, to read up on is estudiar sobre ellos, uh, just because it's fascinating. But I don't think I want to, you know, contribute any money to these causes. But hey, if you're into it, there are a lot of these tours all over the world. There's even a show on Netflix, I believe, called Dark Tourism, and it deals with this a little bit uh, more in depth. And let's pronounce that word, tourism ism ism right it's not is I've, I've had students say ism. i'm like no it's ism um ism right so tourism terrorism right make a list of those isms and practice them all right so i promised you guys we were gonna hear some of these serial killers now and uh well analyze uh, a little bit about each one now the first one we're gonna hear right now is jeffrey dahmer now jeffrey dahmer in the united states as i said earlier when we were talking to francisco this guy is the epitome of serial killers. When we think of sick, twisted individuals, we think of Jeffrey Dahmer. And we're going to play this sound clip right now. And it's just crazy. It's eerie. Para usar otra palabra espeluznante, I think. It's eerie just how naturally he's talking about uh, why he killed people. And it's just so nonchalant. Nonchalant means sin darle mucha importancia. So let's hear Jeffrey Dahmer speaking. I, I just get uh, angry with other people who, who think that uh, they have a right to, uh, to somehow try to blame my parents for what happened. That's not right at all. No one has the right to do that because they're totally innocent. They had no knowledge of it. And uh, that angers me. There comes a point where a person has to has to be accountable for what he's done. Can't go can't go around making excuses, uh, blaming other people, or other things. So I I alone am the one who's responsible for what's happened. The only motive that there ever was was to completely control a person, a person that I found physically attractive, and uh, keep them with me as long as possible, even if it meant just keeping a part of them. Now, do you guys hear how cool, calm, and collect this guy is? 
oh my God, está tan calmado, tan tranquilo. And this guy is a deranged killer. I mean, he killed so many people. And, uh, well, of course, uh, in Spain, I'm sure you guys saw about it on the news, in La Noticia, in Telediario. But, uh, well, in this sound clip, he's talking about blame. And it seems like he accepts the blame, you know. It seems like he's taking full responsibility. And he's also saying, don't blame my parents, you know. Um, because a lot of times, as we said earlier, people are always saying, okay, well, the first thing we want to do when we have a serial killer is look at their upbringing. Their upbringing is how they were brought up. So he takes responsibility. And uh, you know what? In the end, he says so nonchalant, so naturally, why he killed people. And for him, it was a control thing. It was a power move of sorts, you know. And when he wanted somebody, he liked somebody, he had uh, to take a piece of them. And we weren't talking about a little necklace or something here. We're talking about a hand or an ear, a keepsake, a very weird keepsake. And a keepsake is like a souvenir or something like that. So Jeffrey Dahmer, oh man, the guy just scares me. You guys can see there are many documentaries about him because he was such a prolific serial killer. All right, uh, next up, we're going to listen to Marilyn Manson. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Did I confuse you there for a second? Well, see, there's that fascination again. Marilyn Manson. Uh, Marilyn was Marilyn Monroe and Manson, Charles Manson. So they're, what they're saying in that group by making those names is that, uh, you know, celebrities and serial killers are kind of sometimes uh, on the same plane or on the same playing field. If you haven't seen the movie Natural Born Killers, Oliver Stone's movie Natural Born Killers, I highly recommend it. It's great. So, uh, yeah, this, uh, this next guy Manson we're going to listen to right now uh, and not Marilyn Manson although I'm a Marilyn Manson fan we're going to listen to Charles Manson and before we even begin I just I mean I don't like to I don't want you to go into it biased sesgado uh, but uh, this guy I think nobody will disagree this guy sounds scary he sounds deranged he sounds completely off his rocker como decimos to be off your rocker is to be totally nuts like a stark raving lunatic como decimos and well that's charles manson in fact when we think about murderers when we think about lunatics we think of manson but as he said here i never killed anybody he sounds like he has delusions of grandeur like he's delusional again i'm not an expert but let's hear charles manson ranting and raving I did not break the law. Jesus Christ told you that 2,000 years ago. You don't understand me. That's your trouble. Not my fault because you don't understand me. I don't understand you either. But I don't spend my whole life trying to put the blame over on you because my cigarette didn't light or because something didn't work right. What do you want to call me a murderer for? I've never killed anyone. I don't need to kill anyone. I think it. I have it here. I don't need to live in this physical realm. I walk around in the physical realm, and I put on the faces, and I talk, and I play, and I yeah, it's this big act, man. In the spiritual world is where I live. I exist in places you never even dreamed of. 
Wow. Uh, no comment. Yeah. I mean, and then you guys, you know, you're listening to the audio, but if any of you have ever seen interviews with him, and all of these are on YouTube, I did a lot of research. I mean, you look like you're, it seems like you're looking into the devil's eyes. I mean, you're looking at, in this guy's eyes and you see pure evil. He has no remorse. But you know what? They're not all like that, like our friend Franz said earlier. Not all serial killers are ah, crazy eyes, you know, drooling in the corner. And the perfect example of that was Ted Bundy. I mean, the guy was responsible for so many deaths of so many young women. And uh, he was charming. He was charismatic. He was good-looking, attractivo. And so, again, we shouldn't try and, we shouldn't say, uh, you know, pigeonhole, to pigeonhole is encasillar, also serial killers into one look or one type because Ted Bundy seemed like the guy next door, El Vecino. And if you don't believe me, don't take my word for it. Let's hear what the judge who sentenced him had to say about him. You're a bright young man. You made a good lawyer. I'd love to have you practice in front of me, but you went another way, partner. Now, let me translate, because that was a bit of a Texas accent over there. He said that he's a bright young man, brillante. He called a serial killer. He called Ted Bundy a bright young man. And he said, you would have made a good lawyer. I would love to see you practice. Incredible. He's giving him a compliment after he knows about all the gruesome details of his murders, his heinous murders. And he's still telling him, you seem like a nice guy. You seem bright. You would have made a good lawyer, abogado. And then he tells him, you went the wrong way, partner. Te equivocaste de camino. And partner is like amigo or colega. So uh, pretty interesting. Uh, it was chilling when I was researching this and looking into all these different serial killers, just watching the videos and listening to them. I have to say, some of them, especially Manson, uh, there's another one, uh, Richard Ramirez, the Night Stalker, Richard Ramirez. Uh, uh, you could call him, if you say the Night Stalker, everybody in the United States knows that that is Richard Ramirez. And uh, well, him, you should, you should check out the interviews with him. Man, it is scary. It is spooky. A word we looked at in the Halloween episode. Whew, man, the Night Stalker. This was in Los Angeles. He was a serial killer, serial rapist, violador, and a burglar. So he was robbing homes and things like that. And uh, he went on a crime spree. There's that word again, spree. And he terrorized the residents of the Los Angeles area. And, you know, when he got sick of Los Angeles, he decided, I'm going to go on up to San Francisco. And he was on the loose, uh, a la fuga, on the loose, uh, from 1984, June 1984, until August 1985. Another way to say on the loose is at large, right? Suelto, on the loose or at large. And, uh, well, obviously, like when there are many killers who are on the loose, they do a manhunt. I love this word, una caza de hombres, uh, a manhunt. And when they go, the FBI agents and the police and all the officers, uh, they go and they try and make that arrest and, and get that killer off the streets ASAP. So Richard Ramirez, another one that we really didn't have time to talk about earlier in the program, but if you want to see a guy who has no remorse, he doesn't seem like he feels any remorse whatsoever, cualquiera. Check him out. It's Richard Ramirez, the Night Stalker. And as we said before, the word stalk is 
acechar. Another famous uh, serial killer, and we couldn't talk about serial killers without talking about this guy, is John Wayne Gacy. John Wayne Gacy, a.k.a. Pogo the Clown, or Patches the Clown. Remember, a.k.a. is also known as, and he was a killer clown. In fact, a lot of people now (laughs) are afraid of clowns because of this guy. He was a serial killer and a sex offender, you know, to top it all off, uh, known as the Killer Clown. I'm sure many of you have heard about them. Remember, there are stories and interviews with all these people, and uh, they're quite fascinating. And this guy assaulted, uh, assaulted, excuse me, assaulted and murdered at least 33 young men and boys. And he, the, the crazy thing is, he was just uh, stalking his prey, su presa, because he performed regularly, con frecuencia, at children's hospitals and charitable events. So imagine that. Imagine you're a parent, you bring your kid to a birthday party or they're at the hospital and a clown comes to entertain them. And then later you see on the news that that clown was a serial killer. Guys, I think it's stranger than fiction. Hollywood can't make up a story like this. Uh, And the last one I want to look at, and this is because there's a documentary. I don't remember where. It could be Netflix. It could be Amazon. But look it up. Either way, you can find free videos on YouTube. uh, And this is Gary Leon Ridgway, a.k.a. The Green River Killer. And uh, my wife and I just recently saw a documentary about him and it's pretty crazy. Uh, Initially, he was convicted of 48 murders. I mean, think about that. Most normal people couldn't think of killing anyone, even under extreme conditions, you know. Uh, You know, it's just not a thought that crosses your mind. And to think to do that 48 times and just sit there with a smile on your face, uh, it's crazy. One of the things that, that pisses me off, uh, que me cabrea, that grinds my gears, is a lot of these guys later, when they're sitting there on trial, in el juicio, in front of the jury, el jurado, they're sitting there like little victims, like, oh, poor me. And the only thing I'm thinking is, you should have thought about that before. Deberías haber pensado eso antes. You can't play the victim now. Now, there's no denying these are very, very sick people, and they live among us. So uh, I don't want to say be careful, but be careful. You know, uh, I hate to say this because I, I like to be a trustworthy person, and I think I am trustworthy and trusting. So trustworthy means that I'm um, that I you can trust me, and if I'm trusting, it means I trust people easily, and I like to be both. But uh, sometimes it's hard to be trusting. Sometimes it's hard to trust people um, because you know uh, Ed Gain. There's another one. He was a babysitter. Imagine that. You leave your kid with a serial killer that, um, well, what this guy did was like ate them. Um, He he kept their their skin and bones as trophies, as keepsakes, para usar la palabra que usamos antes. And again, I don't want to get into too much detail because I don't, this is gross. It's it's something, it's the side of humanity, that underbelly, esa escoria, I think you say that, ese lado oscuro, that underbelly of society that people don't want to look at. But it forces us to look at humanity. And believe it or not, whether we agree with these people or not, they are a part of our race. So we need to find out 
how this happens, if it can be prevented. And so nobody, uh, no innocent people are ever uh, murdered. Uh, and, uh, and that's, I think, the, that's the, the interesting thing too, the science behind it and how this science with DNA, ADN, uh, blood samples, carbon dating, all this stuff has helped uh, police uh, agents, FBI agents solve crimes and catch these killers. All right, well, let's look at some idiomatic expressions before we get going. I said one before, uh, or if not, I should have said it, to get away with something. And if we want to add emphasis, we say to get away with murder. So if you got away with something, it means there was no punishment. There were no consequences. Uh, and we use it even, you know, I could say, oh, my sister gets away with murder. You guys let her do everything and you don't let me do anything, right? So to get away with something or to get away with murder. There's another one we use too that I know you use in Spanish, over my dead body. Sobre mi cadáver, is that how you say it in Spanish? Over my dead body. That means no way, never, uh-uh, no way, Jose. Uh, another one, to kill time. Matar tiempo. I don't know if you say it the same in English, but a lot of times uh, if you're at the, let's say you're in the waiting room in la sala de espera at the doctor's and you're waiting, well, you just need to kill time. Tienes que matar tiempo. Um, those phones, our smartphones, are big uh, killers of time. But uh, lately, I, I don't know about you guys, I don't have a lot of time to kill. No tengo mucho tiempo, tiempo por gastar, por perder. Um, because I'm busy trying to make a killing. <laughs> Viste como las uni? That was a little segue, una transición. To make a killing. To make a killing is forrarse. To make a killing. It's crazy que usamos la palabra kill. So are you guys just killing time? Or are you making a killing? Because if you're making a killing, then I'm sure you can walk around dressed to kill. And eso es otra expresión. Estoy uniéndolas todas. Dressed to kill es vestido súper elegante, súper guapo. You're dressed to kill. Dressed to kill. Uh, another one, I think you use it similar in Spanish. You say matar a dos pájaros de un tiro. Similar, we say to kill two birds with one stone, con una piedra. To kill two birds with one stone. So that's a lot of you who listen to this podcast and you go to the gym, you're killing two birds with one stone. Very similar to the Spanish expression as well. And then uh, another one, if looks could kill. Now let me explain this one. This is the best way. If looks could kill means somebody shoots you a dirty look right? A dirty look. Te, te echan mal de ojo. They, they give you the evil eye, as we call it. And you say, if looks could kill, si mataran las miradas, pues, there you go. So that's if somebody gives you the evil eye, as we just said. And you know what I would do in that case? Y estoy uniendo las todas aquí. I would kill them with kindness, to kill them with kindness. Now, it's kill them. Pero apenas se pronuncia este TH cuando decimos esta expresión. So if somebody's being a jerk to you, mala persona, they're being mean to you, um, you shouldn't stoop, rebajarte, rebajarte a su nivel. You should kill them with kindness. Mátales con bondad. So the worse they treat you, the nicer you should treat them. I don't know if it's biblical, but it sounds like a biblical thing. And there's another thing I wanted to touch on. 
quiero, quería tocar esto o hablar sobre ello, to touch on it. And it's because Fran mentioned a Jane Doe. And a Jane Doe is an unidentified female body, a cadaver. A John Doe is an unidentified male body. So jo John Doe versus Jane Doe. I believe Jane Doe is a series as well. I remember seeing it's a series. There's a series called Jane Doe. So Jane Doe versus John Doe. And the last one is the verb killing it, to be killing it. And it sounds like something negative. You know, if I say, oh, man, you killed it last night in your uh, performance, and you'd say, really? I did a bad job? No. In English, you're killing it or you killed it means you did a wonderful job. And I think that's a perfect point to end the show on. I want to say thanks to you guys for being awesome students. You guys are killing it. That's it for this episode of FYI.